Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. This is the Kane's Corner Podcast with host Adam Gold, part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now here's the host of the Kane's Corner Podcast, Adam Gold. 5-0-0 sure seems like a long time ago, doesn't it? Let's all take a moment. Remember the good times. Power play goals galore. Dougie Hamilton and Eric Holler grand moments. Third period comebacks. Overtime heroics. Ah, the good old days. Okay, now it's time to snap everybody back to reality. Remember when Rod Brindamore... The very frustrated head coach of the Hurricanes said he was thrilled that they were winning games without playing the game he wanted them to play. They weren't playing very well, according to Rod. Remember how so many people brushed it off as Rod being Rod? Well, 17 games in, more than one-fifth of the season, and the Hurricanes have played very few full games to their identity. Remember also, I wrote about this, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, maybe longer. It's been a while. This team probably can't play to last year's identity. Personnel's different. The makeup of the team is different. I mean, it's, it's a speed and skill team. Now, the personnel is just very, very different. The, the mindset of the team is very, very different. There's no Williams, no Furlan, no Dahan, no Falk, no Saku, no McKeg on the roster. Just the, the, and I'm saying they're a worse team. That's not the point. It's the, the makeup of the team is different. And for the last month, and likely a couple more weeks at least, no, no Martinook. We'll talk more about him a little bit later on with Alec Campbell. Suddenly... Nine, seven, and one. That's the reality of this team. Four straight losses, a team that is no longer among the playoff clubs in the Eastern Conference. If you want to go deeper, I don't believe they've, the, in these four losses, none of these teams are playoff teams. New Jersey, Philadelphia, the Rangers, and Ottawa. I mean, at least not at this point. I mean, they may be. I mean, I think New Jersey, Philadelphia, the, and the Rangers all have enough talent to push for a playoff spot, whether or not they get goaltending or anything like that remains to be seen. But um, I mean, I think they're, they're, they're all talented teams that, prov- I mean, pose problems one way or the other. But right now it's a nine, seven and one team. And the four, one loss in Ottawa showed more bad signs that keep cropping up. Uh, Poor coverage in front of their own goal. Poor decisions in the neutral zone. Mental mistakes this team can't afford to make. Uh, but if you go back over this four-game stretch, uh, how about the uh, the goals allowed late in the period, early in the following period? The Ranger game stands out for that. A goal after dominating the first period, a goal allowed uh, with 27 seconds left. Artemi Panarin's goal, 27 seconds left in the period. Brandon Lemieux scores a goal with uh, just under two minutes left in the second period. Uh, 
I guess they changed the goal to Heidel. Although it was Pavel Buchnevich's play from the corner. That goal came early in the third. I mean, these are the things that kill you. And these are the things that are plaguing this team right now. Early on, goals were flowing. Game more wide open. Now, goals are fewer. And the Canes have essentially played the same way. That's a problem. All right, let's get to the Stormwatch and Aftermath host. Also does intermissions, my friend, Alec Campbell. Uh, all right, sir. Um, quick uh, quick thoughts on what went wrong last night at whatever they're calling it, the uh, Canadian Tire Center in Ottawa last night. Yeah, so for me, I think if you boil it down, there are there are some glaring defensive issues, I think, that really have been there since the beginning of the season, but it was just a situation where they got away with them early in the season. Right. Um, and I think they've been there really all season long. There have been a couple of games where they've been buttoned up, but for the most part, the, the thing that I'm noticing and the thing that I talked a lot of with John Forslund about after the game was just the style that they're playing where they have such aggressive defensemen and they get caught in odd man situations a lot. And I'm not sure why that's necessarily – I mean, I do – I understand why that's the case because, you know, it can be it can be easy for other teams if they turn you over uh, to get out on a break when you've got everybody playing up so far. Um, but my problem with it is just that it feels like that's a surprise to this team. <laughs> like, like they should know that if they're going to do that, that there's a possibility that that's the case, and they should have, I think, at least some better uh, ways of defending that when it does happen. You know, also, I think a recurring theme, and it ties in here, and you and I have talked about it a ton, is just the puck management aspect of their game. Uh-huh. because. You know, again, if you're going to do that, then you gotta you gotta take care of the puck better because it just becomes too easy for other teams to turn, you know, to 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 get you, you know, caught out of position and get out on a rush and an odd man rush, you know, very quickly. So you either gotta get the puck in deep and forecheck better, which they're not doing, mm. or if they're gonna carry it across the if they're gonna carry it across the blue line and through the neutral zone. They gotta be more careful with the puck. Uh, otherwise, they're gonna find themselves in these situations. And it's, you know, the, 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 one of the other effects of it is now this backup goaltender situation, which, you know, there, there may be some things in motion with that. Um, because James Reimer hasn't played necessarily very well in the couple of, uh, times that he's played his last two starts. So one against New Jersey and then, this one last night. And I'm not saying that everything was on James Reimer because anytime you're having to, you know, thwart opportunities off odd man rushes all night long, um, you know, it's not going to be all on your, it's not going to be all your fault, but he didn't necessarily help himself either. And so now I wonder where they go from here with the backup goaltender situation. If, you know, maybe they give him another start and see what happens or, you know, what happens. But, you know, they got to clean up their, their puck management and their defensive play um, and try not to give up so many odd man rushes. 
All right, let's uh, let's let's go over the goals, and we'll get to Reimer uh, in a in a second. Um, the first goal uh, is which is a two on one, which started with I know the line change wasn't great, but I don't think the line no. change really led to the goal. Um, Joel Edmondson at center ice, uh, right? Like you could see way too far. W- w- not only way too far, but you could see he was making a move up ice and he was sort of flat footed. Right. Uh, and then, all, all right, he, he doesn't have the foot speed to recover from that. Uh, and a bad mm-hmm. rebound, um, but a two on one. I mean, teams are going to score two on one, but it was a rebound goal, uh, two right. on one. Uh, then you get two goals in four seconds. Um, and I think both goals, to me, illustrate the problems with this team defensively. And I wonder if you you and John talked about this. The first goal, a Nemesnikov deflection. But, I mean, I saw earlier in the game where Tavo Teravainen on defense tied a man up ar- around the goal. You know, he got his stick on his on the other guy's stick, and it, it thwarted an opportunity. Jake Gardner is right with Nemesnikov and doing nothing. Just standing mm-hmm. there. And he wasn't even in good position. He was behind Nemesnikov. So at some point, at some point, you have to be, if you're, if I mean, you, you had good coverage, but you just didn't do anything with it. And then the the goal four seconds later, I mean, Dougie Hamilton just misplayed the puck. Uh, yeah. And Pajot was way too fast. Um, and that maybe that's a case where Reimer goes down too early and leaves the entire up, uh, upper part of the goal, which happened uh, a couple in his last start. Uh, but, I mean, Pajot is all alone uh, and then just whistled one right past him uh, and two goals in four seconds. I mean, I, would, I wonder how many teams have ever lost a game when they score two goals in, within four seconds of each other. Yeah, that was pretty wild. You know, I didn't know what the shortest distance between two goals was, but apparently, uh, apparently, Ottawa became like the tenth team in NHL history to score two goals within a span of four seconds. There have actually been faster ones. Right. Uh, Last year, Montreal scored, I think, a couple of empty netter goals based on the timing. When I was looking it up, okay. Um, uh, In two seconds, they scored two goals, uh, which is wild. Um, But. Yeah, I mean, listen, like, the, I, I was, I've been having this conversation with Jake Gardner about Jake Gardner for a couple, with a couple of people recently because he's just, man, like, I'm no, I, I've never been on skates, right? Right. But he's such a bad, he's such a clunky skater, number one. And I kind of, the, the way I kind of feel about him is that if you're not going to score goals, then it's tough to, like we always knew that he wasn't going to be a great defensive player. His, his contribution on the team is to, you know, put, put pucks in nets, uh, more, you know, more often. And he hasn't done that. And so all that does is magnify all of his bad skating and defensive issues. So that's kind of where I am on him. I also wonder about him as a fit in the locker room. Um, I don't know. I, I might just be projecting these types of things because it's been a, a bad slide. Right. But um, there, like I get, a, I get kind of a weird feeling about this mix of players and I have for the entirety of the season. Um, and I don't know if that's something that can be fixed 
you know, with Justin Williams in the locker room or not. Uh, but either way, he's not put, putting the puck in the net enough to, you know, take away the problems that he's having defensively. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's been a mess lately. The uh, right. the giveaway on the goal that um, I'm trying to remember uh, which one it was the 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 Heidel goal. Now uh, it really uh, Pavel Buchnevich's play against the Rangers. Yeah. Uh, I guess they they have gone back, I believe, and given the the goal to Heidel. Uh, but Gardner's was the initial giveaway to Buchnevich, right. and then Gardner didn't do anything about it. He just skated around in a circle. Uh, you, right. could, you could argue that he and Ajo, and we'll get to the, we'll get to Ajo in, uh, in a second here, you can argue that he and Ajo had miscommunication. You got him, I got him, or you uh, or uh, I got you got him, I don't got him, stuff, you know, basically. Um, so right. both of them are culpable on Buchnevich getting a free pass right to the front well, of the he- net. But, I mean, Heedle went, went to the net immediately and took a defenseman with him or took somebody with him. It was Pesci, um, and, I think. And then, no, yeah, and then no one, no one stepped up. I mean, I, I wonder if, you know, if Peter, if, uh, Peter could have been a little bit more aggressive with the stick on that play because Pajot kind of went around him. Or not Pajot, Bucinavich went, went kind of to the other side of yeah, the net almost. He did. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't know what that is. Like, I don't. Like, I don't know what kind of system, like, who's supposed to, to pick up Buchnevich. It was once, one of them. Once he, yeah, somebody's <laughs> got to do something. I mean, you can't just stand there and watch, right? right exactly. And that's, that's, and that's what's, what's happened a lot lately. So, in this four-game slide, and by the way, none of these four teams right now are playoff teams, although I think the Devils and the Flyers and the Rangers have enough talent to push for a spot if certain things clear up with the Devils, if their Mm -hmm. goaltending gets better. Uh, The Rangers are incredibly young. I think Philadelphia, if Carter Hart plays well, uh, and we saw him play well in the loss in Philly, uh, then I think Philadelphia has enough talent uh, to uh, to push for a spot, regardless. Yeah. None of those teams are playoff teams right now, and the Hurricanes dropped all four games and gave up 17 goals uh, in the process. But in this four-game stretch, Ajo has a goal and is a minus nine. Gardner yeah. has an assist and is a minus four. Hamilton has a goal and is a minus five. Now, the score is 17-7, but to give up 17 goals in four games... Yeah. And yep. I think one of those is an empty net goal. Only the Adam Fox goal is an empty net goal. If I'm mis- maybe there's another empty net goal. I mean, that's just, yeah. that, that's not what this team is about, but right now that's what they are. Well, the only loss they have this year where they haven't given up four goals is the first Columbus loss where it was three, two. Right. So, you know, that anytime you're giving up four goals in a game, that that's, that's a bad sign. Yeah. And, you know, early on, I thought that 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 was a thing the Hurricanes might be able to, to hang with teams who do that. Like it looked, this looked like a team that was going to be able to score with people. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, I think they're missing Eric Halla big time. Sure. And, you know, one of the things that that's kind of glaring here is that Halla having missed three games now still leads the team in goals. (laughs) So, he hasn't even played, and no one from a forward group perspective can catch him in terms of goals. And, you know, it's not like there are people that are way behind him. I think Ajo has six goals on the year. You know, Sveshnikov has seven, although he, he's been pretty good. Like, he's been one of the, the most steady players, I think, 
so far uh, this season. How about Jordan Stahl? I mean, Jordan Stahl uh, has now games. gone six six games without a point. He's I think thirteen uh, of the seventeen games they've played, he has no point. Yeah. That is astounding to me. Yeah, he's not got, even an assist. Right, he needs to, he needs to be he needs to be productive. Even though he gets graded on doing other things, uh, he needs to be productive. Look, he took a penalty nine seconds in. Uh, it's not even the goals that Ottawa scored last night. I mean, they gave up a chance nine seconds in. Uh, Stall yeah. ends up in the box. It takes a really good uh, Brett Pesci play to really uh, nullify a chance. Reimer did make a couple of really big saves early on on mistakes uh, that Carolina yeah. had. Before we uh, before we wrap up. Um, uh, you mentioned they. I think they do miss Eric Haller. They miss him in different situations. I think they miss him killing penalties. They miss him on the power play. Uh, they miss him with the chemistry of that line with Dezingle and Martin Natchez. Um, I think they miss Jordan Martinook more. I think Jordan, Jordan Martinook is his team's, right now, he's yeah. the identity of this team, of the way Rod Brindamore wants them to play. And without him in the lineup, I think that's even a bigger, uh, you know, a, a bigger missing piece to what this team is about. Yeah, it could be. I don't, I don't necessarily disagree with that just because of the way he plays the game and the emotion that he brings to the game. I just think they're also, they're missing a greasy element to their game in general. Yeah. And Halla brings a little bit of that in terms of his ability to score around the net. I mean, we've posited that his, his goals probably add up to a total of about five feet from the net. And they're not getting any of that. Right. They're not getting any rebound opportunities. They're not getting anything around the net. I mean, even the goal last night they scored was a snipe from Smechnikov on the near side. Yeah. And that's just not going to go in that often. I mean, that was a great shot by him. But let's be honest. Like, (laughs) you got to get to the net and get goals that way. And Rod talked about it a couple of nights ago. You know, we're winning pretty. Or we play pretty. Something like that. Yeah. Um, skill and doesn't. We have a lot of skill. Skill doesn't win in this league, right? And so Martinook's a part of that, and I think Hall is a part of that. Um, assign, you know, whatever amount to uh, to either one of them for what's going on here. But you know, they're at a crossroads right now. You know, it's a, it's going to be an interesting an interesting situation because again, going back to the the mix of players in the room and. By the way, what did you make? Uh, what did you make of what Jordan said last night after the game? I think he's right. I mean, the, the, yeah. the, they're they they make too many mistakes. The truth is, is that they've made a lot of mistakes all year long. They just scored to cover them. Um, yeah. And look, every team's going to go through some valleys where the puck's not going in. Uh, and I do think missing Hall of matters, and I think missing Martin Nook has caught up to them because uh, because. Maybe because of missing Hala. Um, yeah. But, you know, the last couple of nights, um, Rod has talked about, well, our youngest players can't be our best players. He said it about Svechnikov last night. He said, yep. it, I, I don't know if it was about Natchez the other night. He said, it was about uh, Walmart, I think. Walmart, yeah. He can't, he can't be our, if, if Lucas Walmart's our best player, that's not good. Uh, and I said this a long, long time ago about a Duke team that, uh, you know, had Chris Carowell, and Carowell was a wonderful player, but if he was your best player, uh, that was a problem. If Carolina's best players on a given night are not Sebastian Ajo, Jordan Stahl, Jacob Slavin, Dougie Hamilton, then they're going to lose. And to me, as great a start as Hamilton has had, his game the last four, not good. 
um, especially defensively, not good. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Aho, while I think Aho has played in stretches his best hockey over these last four games, I really do. I think he's not. Yeah, it's, he's it just, not there yet, though. It just takes the one time you don't. And I thought he was dreadful, by the way, against the Devils. I mean, it was a horrible game for him against the Devils. But I thought he played well against Philadelphia. Thought he played re- pretty pretty well against the Rangers. But it's it's the one mistake that you make that mm-hmm. ends up in your net that you can't make. And right now, when right. this team is going through this goal scoring funk, uh, and Ajo's a part of it, um, and obviously Stahl is a part of it. When you're going through a goal scoring funk, uh, then you can't afford the other mistakes. Uh, and right. he has made too many of those. And again, minus nine, I know plus minus can be so misleading. Um, yeah. and, and frankly, you know, he's on the, obviously on the ice for all four Ottawa goals. Um, but I don't know that any of the first, any of, you know, three of them were his fault. I don't, maybe none of them were his fault, really. Um, well, I mean, he, but, he was a point, he was a point per game over the last 10 games before last night too. So, you know, there's, there's some uh, put whatever stock you want into that because it doesn't necessarily mean he's he's put a point on the board right. every single game he's played. Um, so when I when I look at that, I think, oh, you know, I was not as bad as I thought he was, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I still think there's another level to get to. But hey, by the way, how in the world, Adam, <laughs> did the Hurricanes lose? After Ryan Dezingle dropped the gloves was, in the first period, what happened there? You because would, <laughs> he dropped the gloves, and then Ottawa scored three goals after that. So I'm just I'm wondering here where the bench getting fired up was. What didn't did he not prove something to his teammates there? I mean, what happened? Well, can, if I flipped it, I could say that Ottawa got fired up with Nemesnikov fighting. Right. Uh, uh, yeah. I, well, maybe they did. I'm with you on the larger point on fighting in hockey, but I am a fan of fighting out of anger. And it was clear that the Zingle took offense at Nemesnikov coming up high with his stick and getting into sure, the yeah. neck. So those fights I'm okay with. Um, yeah, that wasn't right. that wasn't a, that wasn't a stick up for someone situation. Right. Although, although I do think that uh, I do think that the Zingle caught him by surprise. Oh, like, I don't think the I don't think Nemestikov was really ready to go. <laughs> um, but listen, man, hey, Dzingel's got some. He's got some technique. I was kind of impressed actually. And the and the little uh, I don't know if you've ever if you've ever heard of this, but I did wrestle one year when I was in high school. And at the very end, the little the little jap down. That's what we, <laughs> that's what we call that move, where he just basically you know snaps the guy down to the down to the ice. That was a nice little move from Dzingel. So he, I was actually got, kind of impressed with. He got two points, I think, for a takedown. You get two points for yeah. a takedown, right? Yeah, two for a takedown for sure. Very was, nice. That was that was, uh, that was nice. But I I think we all saw him use needing ice uh, in the penalty box, and nobody. We don't need Ryan Dzingel to get hurt, uh, which no. is another reason why we don't want guys to fight, uh, right? Especially and, and guys a, who's supposed to score goals, right? And he's another guy now that I think like seven games without a goal. So yeah. not good. No, they, uh, they, they, they need uh, a wise man once said the singers and dancers need to be singers and dancers. Uh, and right now, the only one who really is, is Svechnikov, 
and even he's played some curious uh, games defensively that Rod Brindamore, I think if you look at ice time, it, it gets reflected in that. Uh, so when you see Svechnikov down around 13 minutes of ice time, uh, that's Rod saying, I'm not, uh, no, you just, you sit here by me for a little bit. Um, so, uh, all right, well, maybe this thing will all rectify itself at home against Ottawa, and then they go on the road for three. Uh, maybe the Hurricanes just need to play better competition uh, because it hasn't gone well against teams that are not inside the playoff line uh, where I think they have like six of their eight losses are to teams yeah. that are not inside the playoff line right now. And uh, those are the types More, of things that you look back on and go, how did we lose all those points? Right. Well, remember we were talking about, I think I brought this point up at one point that the Hurricanes hadn't lost a game that they uh, shouldn't have lost. Right. Um, you know, I made the argument that Columbus, okay, whatever. That's a that's a tough team to play, even though you know they lost all those players in the off season or whatever. Um, but until they got to, I think, well, what was the beginning of this stretch? New Jersey, I think. Yeah. You know, that was the first game I thought mm-hmm. that they they lost a game they shouldn't have, and now all of a sudden they've lost four in a row that theoretically they shouldn't have lost, unless this Hurricanes team isn't very good after all. I mean, my prediction at the beginning of the season was uh, 95 points in this in the East would make the playoffs, I, and I th- and my closing line was I hope they can get to 95. Right now they're on they're on a 92 point pace. Uh, remember right. the days of 116 point pace are over. Uh, they're yeah. on a 92 point pace, uh, and now they're starting to give up goals. But at least they didn't give up a power play goal. Uh, so uh, so that's good. Ending yeah. the four game stretch of allowing a power play goal. Yeah, and they got a power play goal. They did. Which was the first one, the first one in a couple of games. So. All right, uh, Alec Campbell, you're the man. I'll uh, I'll see you at the rink uh, tomorrow for Ottawa. All right, Adam. Later, man. And there you go. Here's the stretch: uh, Ottawa, and then a road trip to Buffalo, Minnesota, Chicago. Hurricanes uh, need some wins. They need to play a clean. Hockey game. Last really clean game they played, start to finish. Calgary? Seems like a long time ago. Uh, all right, everybody. Uh, we'll do this again. I hope, uh, hope your Sunday's going well. You've been listening to the Canes Corner Podcast with Adam Gold. Don't forget there are many ways you can listen to this podcast, including streaming at WRALsportsfan.com, the WRAL Sports Fan app. And you can also subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, and TuneIn. Thanks again for listening to the Canes Corner Podcast. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.